Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bottoms on Top, Penn's premier queer podcast, your one-stop shop for all things queer on campus. This is Ian. And I'm John. And we're so excited to have you with us today. Yeah. Ian, the other day, you know my tongue thing. I do, I do. So for those listening at home, um, the the piece of flesh that connects my tongue to the bottom of my mouth um, extends too far, and so I have limited mobility with my tongue. So you um, can't tongue pop, right? No. Yeah, that's Ian tongue popping. One more. One more. And this is... That's, that's, that's sad. the best I can do. That's me on a good day. Um, and, you know, when I was younger, the dentist was like, to my mom, I think we should snip it. Like, these things could lean, lead to um, speech impediments. And my mom was like, he's 10. He doesn't have a speech impediment. Like, <laughs> I feel like that ship has sailed. And I was like, thank you, mom, because I didn't want to get it snipped. But at this point in my life... I wish they had snipped it. This very day. This this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Because I just, you know, I can speak fine, but I feel like I'm limited romantically with what my tongue can do. Interesting. And the tongue is very important. It's it very plays important. a huge role. It does. And actually, just the other day, I was doing some research because I think about this a lot because it's... It's on your mind. Constantly impeding my every move. And... You must be having a lot of sex. <laughs> Well, and the tongue pop thing, too, though. Yeah. That's like every... I I just can't. Um, and so I was I was looking at the Wikipedia page for, like, this piece of flesh. I don't even remember what it's called. And I get to a part that's, like, trauma. And I'm like... There we go. This is it. This is it. And I'm reading it. And it's like, sometimes, like, during, like, sexual activity, like, such as... Etc. 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 Like, like your tongue can be moved in such a way that this piece of flesh is just stretched too far, and it results in like bruising inside of your mouth and like a lot of pain. And I was like, "Oh my god, this has happened to me." This happened. So you can't French kiss? Is that what I'm hearing? I can give it my best shot, Mm -hmm. but I have when people are too eager and they try to tell my tongue what to do. That's when I wake up the next morning and, like, have to eat applesauce for the next three days because I can't move my tongue. No. But, so, I'm going to, next time I'm at the dentist, I'm going to ask if it's too late to I mean, you've asked me. I've asked you to to physically snip it. And I've just been like, no, bitch. Um, But here's the thing about, like, French kissing. And my theory is that the French had to invent French kissing because they don't have lips to kiss with. Oh. You know? You know, that there's like a whole joke about how like white people have thin lips. And I feel like because they don't have enough like lips, they just, they have to kiss with other things. So do we respect them for that or is it sad? Um, I respect it. I feel like on, when you're under like, you know, like resource constraint, like you got to work with what you got. And if they are making it work, then you have to, like, recognize them for their genius. That is an interesting theory. Yeah. Which just makes me doubly disadvantaged. Yeah. Because so what do you do? as a white person, I have no lips. And as a person with <laughs> too much of a tongue connector, I can't move my tongue either. I don't know what I do. Probably not enough. I think we should just study where guys line up and we see... To see which combination of, like, lips and tongue is the right for you. What percentage? Yeah, I'm, like, 0% lips, 0% tongue. So maybe teeth? (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe. Maybe. I do want to thank 34th Street Magazine for taking us on into their family. It's been just such a welcoming experience. Has it been? Yes. But I... But previous experience at 34th Street. I do have to say that I'm going to have to settle some scores, financially speaking, with 34th Mm -hmm. Street Magazine. As you know, I was featured in their um, Blind Date Valentine's issue last year. Yes, I read that. Um, What did you think? I thought it was good. Like, of me. (laughs) So, your story goes. Um, And, okay, so I was reached out to by Genevieve Glatsky, and she told me, you will have, you will be reimbursed 35, that's 35 United States dollars. 35. 35. For whatever date you choose to go on with your assigned partner. And I'm like, okay, 35, 35. 35. And we go and, you know, we spend a little bit over 35, but I'm like, it's okay because I'm going to get 35 back. And then, like, weeks go by and Genevieve Glatsky is, like, not responding. She's like, oh, like, I don't really do that. Like, I think it might be too late to get reimbursed. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's never too late. It's never too late for you to give me my $35 back. And literally, so this is, like, early February because it's Valentine's Day. And then probably, like, Late March, maybe April, she's finally like, oh, you need to go speak to the editor-in-chief of 34th Street Magazine. What's her name? Emily Johns. Okay. And so I I email her. I'm like, at EIC, at 34thstreet.com, whatever. And she's like, you can come pick up your check from the DP office. Here's the code. Come on up. And I may have, like, romanticized this a little bit, but in my mind... I get there, and I t- speak to someone in, the, like, the front office, and I'm like, I'm looking for Emily Johns. And she walks me back, and she probably said Emily, but in my memory, she goes, Miss Johns, there's someone here to see you. And I walk in, and there's these, like, three beautiful, like, SDT girls dressed in all black, and they, like, swivel back and look at me. And she, she just kind of waits, like, do I know you? And I'm like, I'm John. Um, I'm here for my check. And she goes, oh, right. And she looks through some papers and pulls it out. And I'm, like, terrified, so I just run. I don't check it, which was my mistake. Always check the check. And I get outside and I open it. It's for $30. What was that again? $30. So I am, to this day, owed $5 by 34th Street Magazine. So I'm just really happy to be here. Great. So if anyone's listening, if Emily is listening or is... If, if Genevieve Glatsky or a friend of Emily is listening, please. I would like it out of p- her pocket at this point. Pocket? Not even with the, interest, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. That'd be the nice thing to do. Like five dollars and five cents would be appreciated. Okay, we are here with Cody Smith, a dear friend of ours who is going to lead us in a game that my friends Madison and Johanna developed as an alternative to Fuck, Mary Kill called Consent or No. Can you explain the rules? Yes. So basically, the idea is Fuck, Mary Kill, it's too rigid. You have these three choices. You have to murder someone, you have to marry someone, and you have to fuck someone. And that's just a lot. I'm anti-marriage and anti-murder problem. (laughs) It just doesn't fit well on a queer podcast. So the alternative is consent or no. So there are only two two subjects, and you consent to one, 
and you say no to one, or, as is the rule of consent, you can say no to both. So, Cody, would you like to lead us? Yeah, so um, I made this list. It's a little celebrity-heavy, but we're going to, like, I think there's going to be some real controversy, so I'm excited. So, um, I'll, I'll start with what I thought might be an easy one, but actually is a really difficult one, um, because... I didn't understand the rules of this game until just now, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but so I'm gonna start with Drake and Rihanna or Rihanna as she pronounces it. No one pronounces it right, but it she pronounces it Rihanna. Mm. Mm. I feel like I can't not consent to Rihanna, so I'm gonna have to say no to Drake. All right. Well. To be clear, consent is not something that should be coercive, but... No, from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> that's a mandate from within, not without. Gotcha. Okay. Just yeah, I would sure. consent to Rihanna and okay. no to Drake, since I can't consent to both. Okay. I am curious about this one, James Franco and Seth Rogen. No and no. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Um, the real moral test. Yeah, you know, I know I should say no to both, but I'm going to I'm going to consent to James Franco. Okay, um, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> James Franco, Spider Man? No, no, he, he does like stoner comedies with Seth Rogen, and sometimes and, like really high concept like gay movies. Even though, yeah, he's... the one like what was it, Cobra or whatever about yeah, the gay porn murder? Yeah, yeah, about Brent Corrigan, the gay porn star. Look it up later. So, Obviously irrelevant. No. Anyways, I, I consent. Okay, okay. I I like hate James Franco, but I'd kind of wanna have hate sex with him. So I Wait, he like went to NYU or whatever? He... Yeah. Okay, sorry. He's Just full kidding. Of shit. This one is going to be pretty contentious, I think. But maybe not. Zane versus all four remaining members of One Direction. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need one. One second. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> Good. Okay, if it had been select others of the four, I would have had trouble. But if Louis Tomlinson is involved, that's a no from me. And then Whoa, yes to Zane. Interesting. Wait, I've got a story there. <laughs> I just, I think Louis Tomlinson is like odious. He's like weirdly older than the rest of them and like not as cute. And he tries to compensate by like trying to be funny and he's not funny. There's no good aspect of Louis Tomlinson. And I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there, Louis Tomlinson, you're of course listening to this podcast. Um, because for me, I'm all about Harry Styles, and I would push every member out of the way so Harry and I could have one-on-one -on -one time. Okay. And I would... Zayn is too standoffish for me, so I'd That's consent fair. to all four members of 1D and, like, kick Louis in the balls so he'd, like, <laughs> run off. Oh, is, is it my turn? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, consent to Zayn and no to all four. Yeah. I think that... I, don't, I can't even name the other ones. Liam's the other one that I would have trouble with. I like I like Liam. Okay, I like if Liam wanted to get in between me and Harry, he could for like a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Quick he couldn't get used to in it. In and out. Like, yeah. Okay, so this one I was kind of selfish when I wrote this one. Um, because I want to be real and say that I love one of the two men in this pairing. Senator Al Franken and Senator Bernie Sanders. 
Um, uh, I know what <laughs> Cody's answer is. Yeah, and have I, we discussed this? No, but I just can. I just know, and I I'm gonna have to lean the same way. I'm gonna consent to Frank and yes! <laughs> no to Bernie yes! Sanders. Yes, thank you. I love Ian Al is googling. I know. I am googling Al Franken because I am literally stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I love him. Spoke at the DNC, and it was like I was like, it was like the the cloth had like dropped from my eyes. I was like, I can see again, Al Franken. I so I had him. this conversation back when the election was relevant, mm-hmm. and I was saying. I could never vote for Bernie Sanders because he reminds me of men who message me on Grinder, uh, and it's so triggering. So I would have to, cons- I would, I would have to say no to Bernie Sanders, but because I can't, because I don't know Al Franken, okay. um, I said no. You need informed consent. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> A lesson, ladies and gentlemen, and others. Um, Bernie is. The daddy who messages you, <laughs> but you're not into it. Al Franken is the daddy that you message, but don't get a response. Ah, no, it's so real. Al Franken, I want your response if you're listening. <laughs> Hit me up. Okay. Wow. I wrote this one thinking it'd be better, but now I'm not so sure. Canada goose jackets and Uggs. Would you consent to either? Consent to Uggs. To make a statement. <laughs> And no to Canada Goose. This is controversial, but consent to Canada Goose and a no to Ugg Boots. Ian, wow. I had no yeah, idea that you were upper class. I am not upper class, but I feel like I would steal Canada Goose jacket before I steal Ugg Boots. That's fair. I am a little, like, disgusted by that answer just because, I mean, Uggs are not, like, the most beautiful piece of apparel, but, like, I think you'd be, like, super comfortable. You'd have a great time, like, and afterwards you'd fall in love with that pair of Ugg boots. Okay. You'd be like, it was a worthwhile experience. That's my personal opinion. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. It's a consent for Cody Smith. Thank you so much. Thank you for consenting to me. This is awkward, awkward, but consent or no, John Holmes or Ian Jung. <laughs> I can only consent to one. I think because of the rules of the game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a Don't little. You dare. I'm gonna be a politician here, and say, I can't say no to both. Is that what you know? What I'm trying to do. We will be asking you every week. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I think this is where, if we had higher budget, we would have like a, like a very beautiful transition with our guest speaker. So we're gonna have my favorite freshman, my little baby, Athena Panton, and she's going to be talking about her freshman experience. Yeah, and hopefully we'll just delve into what it means to be a freshman at Penn. A queer freshman at Penn. Sorry, I forget that non-queers exist. Okay, so to talk with us about the freshman queer experience at Penn, we have Athena. Hello, Athena. Hey, everybody. Can you introduce yourself? My name's Athena. I'm apparently real queer. Um, and I'm a freshman at Penn. Where are you? What do you do on campus? Uh, I'm currently the freshman liaison for Lambda. Yes. She's my baby. Yes. Yeah, that was a real surprise, but <laughs> it worked out pretty well. So tell us, how is your Penn experience? Um, it's pretty fine. I, um, as much as I'm very involved in the queer community, I feel like I haven't been like feeling kind of a difference, like if that makes sense. Um, like, I don't feel, like, I don't walk around being, like, everyone knows I'm queer, so, you know, everyone 
look at me, how queer I am. Um, I mostly just, like, do my homework and then talk about all the people I'd like to have relations with. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. Are there a lot of people? Um, no. But there are some? Yeah, there's some, and, like, you know, it's mostly, like, a few, but I'm, like, really aggressive about it. So wow. it's, like, yeah. And who are you having these conversations with? Um, I'm having them with all my friends. Um, actually, wait, now that I think about it, I guess I have a lot of queer friends. Wow. So you are very queer. Yeah, I guess I am. But sometimes you forget. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because now that I'm really thinking about it, if most of my friends are queer and then I'm also queer, I've just normalized it for myself. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that there was like a difference, I guess. Is that there, different okay. from your high school experience? Okay, so here's a funny part. The tea. Is that in high school, I thought it was straight until like saw senior year. Like, I was always questioning, but I was one of those people where it's like, well, everybody wants... Am I allowed to curse? Yes. Okay. I thought it was one of those things where it's like, everybody wants to fuck girls, because, like, girls are just, like, pretty. You know what I mean? Mm. Interesting. And so I, I was like, yeah, everyone's, like, a that. little never, bit by... I've never that. experienced that. All I know is many have it. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought I was, like, normal, that I was, like, straight, but then obviously just, like, a regular kind of flexible girl. Oh, heteroflexible. Yeah. That's what oh. we call it, my friends and I. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people call it that. Yeah. Really? No, my friends specifically, <laughs> uniquely. Like it's on Urban Dictionary, at least, if not Webster's <laughs> at this point. Okay. Yeah. So then senior spring, I had, like, a, a German class with this one chick, and we went out to dinner because we had to do something for extra credit, and then I was like, oh, shit, I have a crush on her. <laughs> was it a date? Did you have a homework date? It turned into a date, but it was supposed her sister was also there. It was kind of weird actually, Ooh, if awkward. I say it like that, yeah. So it turned into a date as in like things progressed from there? Um she just kept like whispering in my ear and I'd be like, You don't need to be whispering like how my pizza is right now. Like that's a fine conversation that everyone can hear. And then I was like, Oh wait. And then, you know, things led to another, that's all. I have the impression that this year's freshman class, twenty twenty, is Pretty, like, the community formed pretty quick, and it seems, like, a lot more vast than in other years. Mm -hmm. That is my take on things. How would you respond to that, Athena? I feel that, in general, if there are groups that are oppressed, and it's, like, more, um, not latent, what's the opposite of latent? Like, obvious that you're about to be oppressed, or you're, like, it's coming in hard, that we would, that, like, solidarity happens a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. So, like, we were watching the presidential election. I feel really close to all of my class, um, minus a few, just because of, <laughs> Wait like... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> because the majority of us were, like, this is our first, like, year voting. We're going to muck... Oh, my God. We're going to make history. And that didn't happen. I mean, I guess we did, but... You know what I mean? So I already felt... The class as a whole was a lot more, um, like, together. Even, like, obviously I don't know everyone in my class, and, like, I don't think I could, like, walk up to anybody and be like, I'm 2020, you're 2020, like, let's be pals. But just already having, like, coming out the gates, like, we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think that helped. For me, at least, it was so hard to become a part of the community, and it took me so long. 
because I had never had experience with that. No one ever taught me how to do that. I had like one gay friend in high school and that's about it. And like one gay enemy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and there were the three of us in the school. Um, but it seems like this year's freshman class, for whatever reason, maybe it's Trump, maybe it's whatever, it's like that learning curve wasn't there. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it is just me. Ian, what was your class like? I don't know. I feel like there is a large learning curve, though, because I think a queer friendship, or perhaps just, like, gay friendship, is, like, hard to navigate because sometimes... Um, and oftentimes it's like, are we going to hook up? Are we going to be friends? Are we going to hook up and be friends? I don't know. Do I yeah. love you? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that I feel like a day didn't go by in high school where one of my straight girlfriends was like, oh, John, college is going to be so much better. Like, there will be so many guys who will, like, be into you in college. And so I, like, came in with this mindset, like, there are going to be guys who are so into me, like my my girlfriends back home told me. And then... I wasn't even, I didn't even have the mindset of maybe I could just be friends with them. And I feel mm. like it took me a long time to like step back and be like, why am I only thinking of, of this like as a romantic or sexual yeah. dynamic? And I think that's why it was so stressful for me trying to make queer friends as a freshman because I just was coming at it all wrong. You know what's weird is I don't know how out I am. Like mm. I'm out here not out at home. Mm, same. Girl. I'm out to my friends, but, like, my parents, like, cannot handle this. Do you guys remember when I texted our little group chat and I was like, hey, I tried to come out of the closet. It didn't work out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He gets me. I do remember that. Excuse <laughs> okay. me. Um, yeah. You weren't part of the conversation. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I'll just sit quietly. Just sit quietly. <laughs> so, and then I think, remember, there was a follow-up over was winter break. Not over winter break, but maybe over... <laughs> Yeah, they had come for some reason. Yeah. And I, like, I've tried multiple times, but it's like, at this point, I think it'd be more of a wait to tell them than to just, like, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like Ooh. I'm keeping it in at all, because, like, the fact that I've told them multiple times, I feel like at this point they should mm-hmm. know, and if they want to stay in denial, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I told them and I was, like, definitive about it and I was like, yo, like, this is me, like, facts on facts, my mother would, like, every day, like... Pray. Oh God. Say. Pray the gay away. And she'd send me Bible verses. Oh, do you guys remember? <laughs> Every time I was about to do something like bad, it'd be like two AM and I'm like hopping into someone's like room or whatever. I would just look at my phone and all of a sudden my mother was like, May the Lord be with you and she'd send me like these long ass Bible verses and I'm like, How did she know? <laughs> mother Our knows mother everything. Knows. She does. Mm-hmm. But I also think college is an interesting time because a lot of people are coming from faraway places to come to Penn, and their parents are often, like, not on social media, or if they are, they're not that literate, so they don't really know, so they're, like, you're, like, in this bubble, and people can be queer or to a varying degree and not be out and actively, like, be queer. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on our show. Yes, okay. I feel like I know so much more about the class of 2020. I do not speak for the whole class of 2020. Well, I understand you better now, Athena. Yeah. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you.
Thank you all for listening to the first episode of Bottoms on Top with me, John Holmes, and my co-host, Ian Zhang. We want to thank our wonderful producer, Joyce Pharma, our intern, Diana, and Andrew Ellis, who provided our theme music. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. We're brought to you by The Daily Pennsylvanian, and we record in the Wexler studio at Kelly Writer's House. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at podcasts at thedp.com. And we'll catch you all in two weeks for our next episode.